This is a special episode for two reasons. The first is this is the first time I'm recording since our twins were born a few weeks ago. Every episode you've been listening to for the past uh, six weeks or so was recorded and scheduled ahead of time, and I am finally getting back to recording now. But so that is reason number one. The second reason that this is a unique episode is I have a ridiculously awesome offer this week for my course Major Gift Millions. Now, this is for team access only, but if you enroll in team access this week, and I'm only offering making two of these available, if you purchase the course for your entire team, that's all current and future employees, it's $5,000. But within the first 30 days, if you decide you don't like it and you want your money back, I will give you a full refund plus $500. Now, you need to get approved for this. It's not, it doesn't just apply to anyone um, because I need to make sure you actually want this course. You're going to use it and see if you really like it. Um, not just a way to make 500 bucks for no, for no reason. But if you're interested, send an email to kevin at onevisitaway.com. I'm only making two of these available. The first two organizations that get approved and purchase it, uh, get it. And then um, that's it. So if you're interested, yes, this offer is that good. I have had hundreds of people go through this course. So far, only three people ever have asked for a refund. Um, in terms of team access, no one has ever asked for a refund because this course really gets you and your gift officers to take action, to get some visits scheduled, to make big asks, have really good conversations that lead to significant gifts. And people can see very early on that it has great value. But if it doesn't provide great value for you, uh, let me know and I'll give you the refund plus $500. So I want to get you enrolled in the course because I believe it's going to be awesome for you and your team. It's going to allow you to have great conversations and have some huge, huge wins. So that being said, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. If you haven't done it already, I really think you should check out MarketSmart's new white paper titled Fundraising Automation, the Nonprofit Leader's Guide to Optimizing Operations. Here's why. You probably have plenty of prospects identified, more than enough for each gift officer, but while these folks might have capacity and affinity, according to prospect research, in most cases, they're not ready to meet with your staff. You know this is true when you reach out and they don't engage and answer your calls or emails. That's why you need to read this white paper. It will help you understand how you can warm up your identified prospects so they pre-qualify themselves for your outreach. That way, your staff will stay more focused, working with the major donor prospects who said they are ready while automating cultivation for the rest until they signal that they're ready. Think of it like this. With fundraising automation, you're basically adding a helper to your team who works 24-7 and never takes vacations. One who knows exactly what to say to help people move themselves forward. So they lean in and even raise their hands or set an appointment with a gift officer entirely on their own. 
This white paper will help you understand how you can deliver this kind of truly donor-centric cultivation automatically, so you won't have to hire more staff. Instead, you'll optimize the great people you've already got and raise more money more efficiently. Download the free white paper on fundraising automation from MarketSmart now at imarketsmart.com optimize to learn all you need to know so you can decide whether to build an automated cultivation system on your own or you might want to avoid that headache and get MarketSmart to do it for you in a matter of weeks. Either way, I urge you to check out this free report at imarketsmart.com optimize. So, in this episode, I'm going to tell you a few stories. One of them is just kind of a, a silly story from my childhood, but I'll tell you the story, and then I will I'll give you the point, the lesson from it. So, back when I was in, I must have been in fifth or sixth grade, I... Uh, I was in school, and some of my friends had recently joined the basketball team. And I can't remember why, but I was like, I'm going to join the basketball team. <laughs> and and I'd always played baseball was my was my main sport. And so, you know, I was very familiar with that. And I I played basketball just like, you know, with friends in the neighborhood and my brother and this kind of stuff. But I never played organized basketball. And so <laughs> so I decided to sign up for the team. And I needed to get some basketball shoes was was my thinking. And for some reason, like some of the other kids had basketball shoes that I just thought were the coolest things ever. And I was like, I need to get me some fancy pants, basketball shoes so that I can succeed at basketball. Now, really, for whatever reason, I just thought they looked cool. And I wanted to look cool too. And so I had my dad, I've never talked to my dad about this, so I wonder if he remembers it, but I had my dad take me one night over to, I can't remember where it was, you know, some, some shoe store and we get there and I find these, these basketball shoes and I'm just like, those are the ones right there. (laughs) And they were, they were all black and they looked freaking sick (laughs) and i needed to get these basketball shoes the problem was they were like it was something ridiculous like a size nine and at the time i was maybe a size you know five or six whatever it was they were way too big for me but i thought they just looked so cool so i i convinced my dad that they fit well enough and (laughs) And we got the shoes and they were obnoxious. They were like clown shoes on my, on my feet. And it made, it made playing basketball, uh, you know, a sport that I had not played in an organized manner, just that much more difficult. You know, you're worried about, uh, all the rules and not traveling with the ball and all this stuff. And now I've got these clown shoes on and it made it so much worse. And it was so stupid because I was, so concerned with how other people viewed me, I let it uh, negatively impact my performance. You know, I was like, I'd rather look good in their eyes and suck than just wear the sneakers I owned and play way better. And so I feel like the lesson there is pretty obvious. But it's something, you know, like you can't be concerned about how people view you. You need to do the right thing that's going to lead to the results you desire and not worry about what other people think. And this is way easier said than done. I'm glad I learned it in a, uh, 
through my <laughs> gigantic basketball shoes back in the day. But because I've been able to put aside um, some people's negativity when I knew the right path in front of me. So, for example, I remember so when I was working in Major Gifts, I inherited a golf tournament. And it was the so our organization did a golf tournament every year. It was the so I wasn't involved with the first year, and then I was a volunteer intern the second year it was done. And then the third year it was done, I had just graduated from college. I was full-time in major gifts, and I was responsible for, you know, putting on managing this this golf tournament. So we did this golf tournament, and it was like, you know, months and months. I mean, it was something like three months of all-out work on this golf tournament, organizing the event, getting all of the the foursomes together, finding sponsors. There's all these gifts. There's committees. There's volunteers. There's the VIP party beforehand. There's so much stuff. There's somebody that uh, would bring gloves, and but they weren't even donated. We had to like pay this guy to give to get custom fitted like golf gloves or whatever, and it was just such a hassle. I couldn't believe it, and it was like this gigantic thing and it netted something like $35,000. And so when it was over, I was like, this was absurd. I was like, if I can't, if I can't raise a lot more than $35,000 in three months of my attention, like I should not be working here. This is ridiculous. So I decided to cancel the golf tournament and Several people warned me like, oh, like you shouldn't do that. You know, people are going to be upset. They've put so much work into this. All the volunteers, the people who organized it, put it together. And there's some truth to what they're saying, which I think can be dealt with by saying appreciate what people have done. And I think that golf tournament was, it was successful insofar as it brought in uh, some new leads, some new donors, and many of them stayed for years to come. It was a great like donor acquisition tool, but it was a horrible fundraising event. Um, and so it, it worked for bringing on new donors, but it would have been silly to keep it going. And so we canceled the golf tournament and yeah, some people probably got a little upset and was like, whatever, we do not exist to help people feel good when they play in our golf tournament. We exist to raise money for the cause that we exist for. And so that was a pretty easy decision to me. But again, it comes back to you can't let a lot of people will just stick and hold on to a golf tournament for years and decades because Bobby and Susie and Johnny and Willie, uh, the these members of our community, they'd be so offended if we canceled it. Get over it. Some of your donors are not going to like you. Some people are not going to like you. In life, if you want to achieve anything, if you want to do anything significant, there are people who will not like you. You need to just accept that. And it brings me to a final story, which was, or second, the penultimate story, you could say, because uh, I got one more after this. There was there was a donor who saw another fundraising campaign we were doing, reached out to me uh, and said, hey, if you go through with this, you know, we're never going to give again. 
And I was like, okay, like, cool. You are welcome to do that. And we went through with it. They didn't give again, but we raised over $5 million through that effort. So, and it was, you know, (laughs) gigantically more than anything we'd ever done before. So had to make that decision, even though one person told me and probably some other people got upset too. And I'm not trying to minimize those people's upset. I think it's fine for people to be upset. It's fine for people to to bow out and not be involved anymore. And it's always great to treat them graciously and thank them for their support. But we can't just go around trying to please everybody forever. And my final story, which really brought this to my attention recently, and to to bring it home to you know something I still experience to this day, is my uh, my adventures on LinkedIn. So every day, I post something on LinkedIn, uh, trying to help major gift officers. I want to give them something to think about. I want to give them something to do. I want to give them a very tangible plan or a script or a way to ask a question, something that's going to help them put money in the bank. It's one of the things uh, I think I do uniquely for most people on LinkedIn is I try to give extremely practical major gift advice that's going to get you visits, going to help you close more gifts and close bigger gifts. It's not just like big picture thinking. It's like, this is what you should do. And I struggle sometimes because people give me negative feedback on my posts. And, you know, people will come in and, you know, they'll, people will send me messages uh, sometimes saying just like really rude, obnoxious stuff, um, telling me, you know, what I'm saying is wrong or whatever. Um, and then people comment on the posts. And most of the time, like it's nothing, it's nothing like horrible, but it's just like this attitude. I mean, you can just the way people approach it. You can see from their exclamation points and they're like, oh, geez, really? Question mark, exclamation point. Like just like stupid, unhelpful comments like that, that are not that are not giving anyone anything actionable. I'm trying to help major gift fundraisers. And some of these people who comment on my posts seem to just want to take down my approach to things, which is fine. They're welcome to do that. I'm just telling you I don't care what they what they have to say because what I realized is is that like 99 out of 100 negative comments come from other consultants or somebody that doesn't actually raise money anymore for an organization. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I think it's great to have to have good discussions around what's the best approach to major gifts, different aspects but part of what's happening here is just like people people talking in a way that they would never talk to another human in front of them because it's just rude. But that's aside the point. The reason I can't focus on that is because that's not why I post on LinkedIn. I don't post on LinkedIn to uh, care what other consultants have to say. I post on LinkedIn to help people who want to learn and believe that I have something of value to bring to the table, a perspective, knowledge, experience, that's going to cause them to actually take action. So again, it's like I can't focus on 
the wrong audience. And so, so when you're in major gifts or really any line of work, you've got to just be focused on who are the people I'm here to help? Who am I here to serve? And what's the best path to do that? And understand that in carrying out that thing, like when I put a specific script of how you should respond to a particular objection, people who have no interest in actually learning what I have to say are going to post stuff that disagrees with that. And that's fine. But I can't, I can't think I shouldn't post this because of these people that are going to make negative comments. I've got to do what I know is going to help. Same thing in major gifts. You've got to go out there. Same thing in major gifts. You've got to focus on who you are there to serve. What's the best best path to serve them? And when you do that, you're probably going to upset a few people. You're probably going to lose a few donors. And that's okay. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, I'm doing the promotion on team access for my course, Major Gift Millions. If you, again, the deal is if you enroll in team access, again, you got to get approved by me before doing this. Then, and if for whatever reason, within the first 30 days, you want a refund, I'll give you the refund plus $500. So send me an email, kevin at onevisitaway.com if you're interested, and I look forward to talking to you soon. As always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from growing your mission and your impact.